Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much Musical. This is the second part in our two-part series with Mr. Riley Jarvis, who is a certified sleep expert, in which we discuss with him how high schoolers can optimize our performance using sleep the same way that he is optimizing the CEO's performance and athlete's performance using sleep. Stay tuned for that right after this. This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jaladanki and Ayush Agarwal. Yeah, um, so one of the things that I've noticed, especially with me, is that, you know, like if one day I'll wake up early and it's because I'm doing some work and then in the middle of the day, I'm like kind of tired. So then I take like, like an hour power nap. But then I go, you know, to sleep at my normal time, which is like 11-ish, but then I just can't fall asleep. So like, why can't our bodies like sleep for longer? Because like in that, in that situation, is that like my body is saying, oh, oh, this is too early for you to sleep or, oh, like I'm used to only sleeping this, this many hours in a day. So like, Mm -hmm. why can't I fall asleep like at that moment? Yeah, it's a really good question. So again, it comes back to, you know, the cortisol and everything else that we have inside of our body could just be our our mind racing. For our brain to fall asleep, we have different uh, wavelengths. Um, So for example, we have like deep theta, where our brain is is really in that sleep state. We have like alpha, which is a little bit more stimulatory. We have delta, which is going a little bit deeper. Um, And if we're in, you know, that stimulatory, brain wavelength then it's going to be really difficult to fall asleep this is where we are extremely alert with everything going on but you know with napping i will say this is you want to keep it between 26 minutes they say exactly is the time that you you want for sleep and where it's the most restorative but your brain is not going into such a deep sleep state that you know you wake up feeling groggy so that's part one and anything anytime we take a nap we want to have it before 3 p.m because anytime after 3 p.m This is where it will start interfering actually with our normal sleep. And the reason for this is because once we start to sleep, you know, it may increase melatonin, um, you know, just all these hormones that we need. So napping isn't a bad thing. I mean, there's so many benefits. They're showing like, if we learn something and we have a quick nap, we can actually um, learn better and consolidate whatever we learn at a much faster rate rate when we do uh, use naps to our advantage. But you know, keeping it to the time that you're actually napping, not the time you just have your eyes closed, which can be hard to time, but you know, for everybody it's different um, for that period of time. For a lot of people I speak with, it's like they eat around noon by one or 2 p.m. is usually when they'll have their nap. And then they're kind of good to go for the rest of that afternoon, whatever they need to get done. By five, six o'clock, they start to wind down after dinner and then they start to relax. Um, And then by bedtime, this is when they can really feel sleepy, um, wear their blue blue light blocking glasses and then, be ready to go for the next day. Yeah, and I think we've talked a little bit, a, a lot about, you know, what the common folk can kind of do to um, mitigate their, like cortisol levels, optimize their hormone levels, and uh, use like kind of their surroundings and um, shift their environment to their advantage when they're trying to get the maximum amount of sleep. Um, but the cool thing about you is, that you're also working with like big name CEOs who um, need sleep to optimize their performance. So if you could talk about, you know, number one, your work in that number two, why it's so critical specifically for CEOs who are making like million dollar decisions every hour 
Uh, and number three, if you could talk about some of the work that you do with them, is it similar to how you approach like regular clients or do you kind of take a different approach, et cetera? Yeah, that's a really good question too. So CEOs are a really interesting beast because a lot of the time they just have no time during the day. I mean, they just have like back-to-back meetings, even if they're 15 minutes long, it's just one after the other and they're just completely exhausted. But sometimes, you know, they're just genetically wired to be a high functioning individual and they just have energy naturally that's all day. But you know, that can only that can only last so long. So you really have to custom tailor approach them accordingly. And how I work with them, it's it's a lot less theory and it's a lot more application in terms of what they can do. But the same philosophy and principles and application of sleep still apply. We're just going, we're we're really reducing the um like the parameters we're, we're, we're we are really shrinking them to the point where we're just perfecting everything because for them a lot of the time it's a state of optimization versus some other people it's just to get more energy so for them it's about going from 80 percent or 85 percent all the way up to 100 percent versus other people it might be 20 percent up to 50 or 60 percent so with these people we're, we're now getting more into the biohacking space and this is where i begin tracking their sleep I usually send them an aura ring directly um, that can give me more data, more numbers. I'm gonna be sending them a bunch of lab tests looking at about 700 biomarkers. So we'll be looking at all their hormones, all their blood work, their brain neurotransmitters, their gut, like is there parasites in their gut? Was there gut bacteria like that's eating all the nutrients that they're consuming um, that may be, you know, causing them 10% or 15% less energy. Um, it could be testosterone too is, is really, uh, is a big factor, especially with these like alpha male type high performers, um, especially I, I work with in the finance industry where they're just complete go-getters. What they don't realize is every year after the age of 30, their testosterone, you know, goes down by one, about 1%. Now, testosterone is so important for energy drive. They show some of the um, highest performing people, uh, billionaires, their drive. They First of all, they have a very big um, just motivation and sex drive just because their testosterone is so high. So they need to maintain this if they want that same level of performance throughout work. And they sometimes they'll remember the glory days of what it was like maybe 10 or 15 years ago. They just had so much high performance, but they don't have that anymore. What I tell them is, look, like it's just a natural part of, of aging and it's what happens, but it, it doesn't have to stop you in any way. And you can actually, on the front end, start working on your health to the point where you can feel better than you did even 10, 15 years ago. And for a lot of people, that's the case. And as a result, not only is there their performance better, but they start losing weight. They can pack on more muscle. They're they're in the best shape of their life. They're in their mid forties compared to like even their twenties for some of them. It's amazing the results you can see. Their hormone profile will show that everything is just better in the right direction. They may have testosterone levels of that like 10, 15 years there. They're junior um, and sleep is just such a mass part of that. And just as a side note, while we sleep, we get a um, the highest release of our human growth hormone at nighttime now human growth hormone is known you know through injections and steroids it can get a bad rap but our body actually naturally produces it and it's the most important thing for physical repair and there's a lot of people with you know injuries so this is kind of on the extreme end of high performance but more on the physical side with athletes a lot of them are just like yeah i've been going to see this physiotherapist for like a couple years now my neck is still sore but what they don't realize is their body's not optimized to, to start, you know, building everything up and start repairing their body in a natural state. Um, so what happens is when we start optimizing their sleep, all of a sudden their neck pain will go away. That joint pain will start going away because they're getting that full human growth hormone release throughout all that. 
Um, so it's come back around full circle with the CEOs. It's just very important with them where every single 1% counts for them. Um, but, the, but the process to sleep better is really the same. So, you know, there's probably, let's say if there's a hundred different things you could do, um, and let's say about 50 of them are basic. Uh, I would say the average person I, I help, you know, help them with these areas, but with the CEOs, I'm helping them with the other 50, the more advanced things that you can do, really optimizing your environment. Cause a lot of the things they're quite educated in the health space, not all of them, but most of them. And, in, and that's where they come and see me to really take that optimization to the next level. I like what you said there about, um, specifically trying to increase the physical performance of athletes because a lot of athletes don't realize that how critical sleep is you know like everyone everyone's heard you are what you eat but there's no real term like that or real phrase like that for sleep mm -hmm. even though it might be just as important if not more important um yes. and you specifically also talk there about how ceos if they maintain a proper sleep schedule and if they get that high quality sleep, then they can actually see their uh, almost a de-aging process where their testosterone levels are either going up or staying the same and their hormones, hormones are getting even more optimized as they go down the line. Um, so it, could you talk a little bit about that? Like the impact of sleep on aging? Like if, if I sleep... If I, if I fix my sleep schedule right now and get really high quality sleep every day, what, will that, for example, have any impact on uh, how fast I age, like my risk of diseases down the line, et cetera? Yes, uh, it absolutely will. Um, so if you think about it, a lot of us are kind of programmed to think like, if, if we sleep, is that an anti-aging effect? But what we don't understand is if we, if we just go back to our baseline state, so back to like that ancestor example, or if, even if you see, like I remember seeing pictures of my, um, my uh, uh, great, it was either my great or great, great grandma and grandpa, um, you know, they would, they just lived a natural lifestyle. They were working on the farm and when you see pictures of them, I think they were like 50, but they literally looked like they were 30 years old. And that's how our body should be. It's just with so much excess, like carbohydrate, sugar, and just the modern lifestyle, we just become so confused of what, you know, the new normal is. It's almost like when you go to a grocery store and you go to the organic section of foods, it's, and it's, you know, it's a small section and, and they're at a much higher price, but it should not necessarily be organic. Like that's how food should be. It's just that all the other foods are sprayed with pesticides, there's GMOs inside and everything else that our body doesn't necessarily need. Um, so kind of looking at, you know, from that standpoint of things, we can, the, the anti-aging, we can just naturally um, become our best optimized biology, for, especially for these current times, if we just, you know, reduce, like follow the best type of diet, the exercise, um, and then with the sleep, that's one of the biggest pillars. And I usually call it the three amigos. So you have movement, which is exercise, you have diet, um, all the foods you're ingesting inside of your body, and then you have sleep. And sleep's the one that's ne the most neglected, which I, I argue is the highest ROI. Um, but when it comes to aging, it's one of the biggest things that you can do to just create this anti-aging effect. And you kind of have to go to the root of like, why do we age? And it, it, it's a really complex subject, but it all comes down to like, we have a lot of oxidative stress inside of our body. It could be sun damage, but when we are able to better sleep, um, our body is able to better recover itself. So any damage, let's say we did from the day prior, 
It could have been from things we ingested. It could have been stuff from the environment that we were inhaling that our body's just not used to that's causing excessive ex oxidative stress. It could just be a regular, um, just a regular stressful life with our hormones. Whatever the case is, all of that stuff is aging us at a faster rate. But if we recover faster, or if we, if we recover at a greater rate than we're doing damage to ourselves, then we're gonna be in a really good spot in place. And if you think about genetics, um, so genetics is really interesting because a lot of people think, well, if we're just born with poor genetics, that's our fate, like they call it genetic destiny. And that's not really the case. And uh, Matthew Walker talks about this a lot too, but with our genetics, we, we have something called epigenetics. And they're kind of like, you can think of it as genetics placed on top of our um, native genetics that, that we're given. And what happens is based on our environment, our genetics will actually express themselves either in a positive way or a negative way. So sometimes you'll run a DNA test on somebody. I do with a lot of my clients and maybe they might have like a cancer risk or they may have some kind of disease or something like that. And that's, it's unfortunate news. It can be sad sometimes. It could be Alzheimer's or whatever the case is. But the fortunate news is those genes don't necessarily have to express themselves. Those genes may express themselves, the negative ones, if we get poor sleep, a poor natural lifestyle, all the things that go along with it. But if we have a very good, if we have very good sleep, very good lifestyle, those genes won't actually express themselves, the negative ones, and then the positive genes actually will express themselves. So in a way we can really hack our biology for the long term by doing all these things. Um, and what's most important is on a regular basis and being consistent, you know, with all that. Like one thing that I've heard about in the past is that like the way the Air Force, uh, the the Air Force like falls asleep, like they're taught uh, a method to like fall asleep in like, you know, two minutes where like they tense up their body and then they relax all their muscles. Mm -hmm. um, so like the question I actually have is that, you know, there's so many different ways of, or there's so many different ways to like falling asleep or, or to put yourself in sleep. Like, you know, there's obviously like, you know, wearing blue light glasses or like for two, two hours before you go to sleep, not being on your phone before you go to sleep or like there's crazy methods, like the ones that, um, that the people in the Air Force were taught. But I want to know like, what, like, what do you do to fall asleep? Like, is this something that just comes naturally to you? Because, you know, you specialize in sleep. So like, mm -hmm. like I feel like on our podcast, we never actually asked the people who specialize in something, oh, like what, what do you actually do? Um, so I feel like that'd be really interesting to know, like, what do you, like, what do you do to fall asleep? Do you like fall a certain strategy? Does it just come to you or like how many hours of sleep do you think you get a day? Yeah, really good question. So for me, I've, I've optimized my biology so much, you know, where like, I feel great during the day, all my lab markers are pretty much perfect at this point. So for me to fall asleep, like, like I put my head on my pillow within five minutes, I'm out and I don't wake up in the middle of the night at all. Then I wake up, you know, without the need to take any coffee. And I just have an abundance of energy that lasts all day long. And you know, there'll be exceptions. I might be stressed and stuff like that, but I do have tools that I refer to if I do need to do that. So it could be, let's say if I'm traveling, my body's stressed like across multiple time zones and I need to take something. So it could be, for example, like a supplement. I've got like tons of supplement stacks, like probably a couple dozen that I could take just based on what I need. So is it because I feel relaxed and my body just can't sleep? Do I feel stressed and I need to bring that that stress down, but I still feel sleepy? And you kind of you kind of get good at this after trying it with yourself, and it's building that internal awareness. And that just naturally comes with time as you get better at the sleep journey. Um, so for me, what I typically do, because everything is pretty optimized, I have a lot more room for margin of error. So 
some nights, you know, I don't necessarily need to wear blue light blocking glasses. Um, I do, I would say about four to five nights a week, um, usually about one hour prior, but because my biology is so good, I can get away with a lot more. So even if I don't wear blue light blocking glasses, sometimes I can even be in a bright room um, I can sleep really well, but that's like, I don't go for that. It's just, I can get away with it if I have to, but I always stick to a consistent schedule that way with it. So the evening routine typically for me would be, um, I'll give you a couple different scenarios. So let's say I felt stressed, um, leading up to nighttime and maybe I had to, I had a deadline I, I had to hit. So maybe I needed to take some coffee to really just get in the zone and focus during the afternoon. I knew, let's say if I went to bed by 10 PM, there's still some caffeine running through me. And this was causing me to, you know, feel stimulated, not being able to get to sleep. So what I would usually do is some things in the toolbox um, would be like an Epsom salt bath. Epsom salt has magnesium inside of it, which just naturally relaxes our body. And after a, a hot bath, what that'll do is even though it's hot, our body will compensate and it'll actually drop our body temperature, um, which will make us feel more sleepy and stay asleep for a longer period of time. That's one little cool hack a lot of people a lot of people don't realize. Other things I'll do, uh, you know, meditation. I've got a bunch of gadget gadgets and sleep tools. So there's one called brain.fm. They're kind of like binaural beats. Um, you you know, there's that one. There's another device it's called Sensate, and that's uh it's kind of like this pearl that vibrates on your chest while you wear your headphones. And what it does is activates your vagus nerve. Your vagus nerve is known, it's called the wandering nerve, and that's known to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. That just basically means your rest and digest, that ability for you to feel relaxed during the day. Um, you know, there's just technology and things you can use with that. But sometimes it's just focusing on the breath for, you know, 10, 20 minutes. And it's as simple as that, um, going back to those fundamentals. But I think the, the key point drivers to drive home is it's because my biology is so optimized that I don't have to do these type of things as much. And for somebody that wants to go through the journey, just know that, you know, depending on how long you may have been burning the candles on both ends for, it may take you a few weeks, a few months. It could take one or two years. It really just depends. But eventually, if you stay on it, you'll get to a point where your biology is just running on all pistons that you'll be able to just live more of a normal life. And just know that during that time to get there, just stay 100% focused and committed. And it's almost like building muscle. like let's say you want to gain 10 to 15 pounds of muscle and you know every single day you have to go to the gym you have to eat the right diet you have to be in the right caloric surplus do the right exercise and push yourself and you know eventually what time you'll get there and with sleep it's it's the exact same way it's not just one event then you're done it's it's continually progressing in that field every single part of your biology will be you know continually be more and more optimized less inflammation you know less less of a stressful response in certain situations you might find yourself something that might make you angry or would stress you out. It just doesn't anymore. It doesn't affect you. It kind of just bounces off you like water, you know, going around a rock in a stream. Um, it's really an amazing place to be. So that's kind of the big message that I want to want to leave people that's possible with this. Yeah. And I think you pretty much summed up the entire tips question that we were going to ask you next in that one response, because you talked <laughs> about the importance of discipline in a sleep schedule as well uh yeah. because for example rishi's been asking me a lot of questions lately about building muscle and uh I, I you know i answer him but the biggest thing i tell him is the most important thing is consistency you need to figure out how you can do this not necessarily every day but how you can maintain a routine that you stick to for the rest of your life and mm -hmm. if you can figure that one thing out 
like no like short term, no, no short term success, you're, you're, you're pretty much set. And that's the same thing with sleep, as you mentioned, uh, if you can figure out something, a routine that's not so strenuous to the point where you kind of have to avoid like all late night parties or anything like that, because that's unsustainable as at some point you're going to break, you're going to, you're going to get like FOMO, for example, and you're going to be like, oh, my friends are partying. I'm going to go party. And then, then you completely mess it up. But if you can find some sort of balance where you're still staying consistent, like 99% of the time, then that's where you're going to flourish. So, um, yep. So other than that, uh, thank you so much, Mr. Jarvis for coming on. It was super interesting discussion as high schoolers, uh, getting <laughs> yeah, there's four hours of sleep every night, especially <laughs> me being in my junior year, having like SAT, etc. Oh, it's wow. super helpful. So, yeah. um, yeah, thank you for coming on and to our listeners, stay tuned for future episodes. Hello everyone. And welcome back to another episode of high school, not so much musical. This is the second part in our two part series with Mr. Riley Jarvis, who is a certified sleep expert in which we discuss with him how high schoolers can optimize our performance using sleep the same way that he is optimizing the CEO's performance and athlete's performance using sleep. Stay tuned for that right after this.